Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Here's the other thing, though, this, and this is going back to the other thing that I wanted to say, which is that, so we have these file folders and we can do this cognitive work, but we also are living inside of barometers, incredibly sophisticated barometers that are giving us very fine-tuned data all the time. And so I love that we started with the ice this morning because we, we experienced exactly that. Sarah taught us to tune in to what's going on in the body. What is the barometer reading right now? And I think sometimes we paint with a really broad brush because we see boredom or excitement. And we miss that there's this huge spectrum of experience in between. And that when we only have two colors, we're going to label anything that's from here on over boredom <coughs> and anything that's from here on over excitement. And so I think if you tune into your body, you will notice that there are a lot more, there's much more like gradient with that. And that each person gives your barometer a slightly different reading. And then it's up to you to interpret what that data means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you want some water? I think you're good. I got some. Don't, um, don't date boring people. I mean, we're not, we're not saying, this. oh, I went to this retreat. And it's like, okay, my, I have to date boring people. It's good for me. No, I mean, I, I think we should find someone exciting with good panter. And I think <laughs> the sex should be amazing and all of that. Um, but that's not the only thing. There, and with that should come feeling safety, grounded. And also there's going to be times when, yeah, it is boring. But it's not a constant boring like it's just switched there and that's what it is because then that doesn't have legs either. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to dive in to what is what is boring look like? What does it feel like? What does it mean? What is boring? Yeah, may, maybe try boring and then until you realize it, it's actually not boring, but it's safety. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're accustomed to chaos, normal, happy, healthy is going to feel boring. But once you get acclimated to that, you're going to realize that it isn't. And then you actually start looking. Boring sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone may be thirsty for boring. Right, yeah. And maybe it's not boring because maybe the word is um, no drama. Maybe the word is, you know, no chaos, you know, all that Peace. stuff. Peace. Peace. Yeah. And, and here's a critical, critical thing, and this can maybe help us move into the next thing, and we can come back much more in depth into relationships later, but um, when you have trauma and your system needs recalibration, healthy can feel dangerous to the system. Mm. So if you have lived, so imagine this is kind of an extreme example, but I think it's vivid. So, so we'll use this one. If you're a sniper, right, you are trained to be hypervigilant. You know where the exits are. You know probably the relative heart rate of every single person in this room. You know mm. where everyone's looking. You know where your shoes are. You are hypervigilant and you are trained that way because that is what kept you alive and made you a good soldier. But then you come home and you're sitting in a restaurant with your family and your back is to the restaurant and you can't relax because you can't see behind you and you need to be doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, when you're hypervigilant and you're stuck in that hypervigilance, healthy brings hypervigilance down. This happens neurobiologically mm -hmm. and chemically in your body. It, it shuts it down. When you feel safe, it's impossible to be in that hypervigilant space. And your system, just like with the ice this morning, is going to be like, oh, we're, we can't come out of that hypervigilant place. This is how we stay alive. 
shut it down. And then we can create chaos in relationships, self-sabotage, leave people who are healthy because our system is saying, I can't tolerate this because it is peace. And then again, yeah. just like with the ice, we have, there's this concept in somatic experiencing therapy, which is a very helpful modality for healing trauma in the body, um, of pendulation and titration. So you come into the unfamiliar experience and then you come back out. And it's important that you do that in very small doses because I think what we try to do is say, I'm a hypervigilant person, I wanna be a peaceful person, I have to shut hypervigilance down and simply be peaceful 100% of the time. We're asking our system to do something that's impossible. Mm -hmm. We need to instead learn that that is a safe, that you can sit in a restaurant maybe for 15 minutes with your back, that gave me goosebumps, to, mm -hmm. to the room so you can't see what's going on. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then let yourself move. And then the more you do that work, you, the more you recalibrate the system and you actually rewire it so that the hypervigilance is available to you when you need it. We all need these responses. They are powerful and they keep us alive, but it's not running the whole system. The, the relational home sometimes is not even intentional. I'm trying to think of an example, but like, I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you do something someone does something for you without even realizing what they're doing and it heals a deep deep part mm. does anyone know i have an example yeah any examples of that someone does something for you um someone showed up for me for during like my small business i was doing mm -hmm. an event and mm -hmm. i never felt comfortable asking for help and a friend just showed up and just anyway like went above and beyond and i was like Whoa, this is what it's like when people show up for you. Right. The memory that comes up for me, um, before I uh, got an agent and started uh, publishing, selling books, I published uh, my own books uh, just off Amazon. So I made three books. One was uh, called Mindset. One was called 68, um, which then became I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck. And um, I bought these little books, published them myself. And my girlfriend at the time, her name was Julie, uh, She's introverted, kind of shy. I had this idea of selling these books at a CrossFit competition. So I rented a booth. I go there in the morning. I, you know, I'm nervous. I set it up. I got my little poster. My books are here. And I start to see friends coming in. And I was like, fuck this. I got embarrassed. I felt like an imposter. I started packing up. And I was like, I want to get out of here. I can't do this. I can't. And my girlfriend at the time said, no, you're not leaving. You're not leaving. You're not leaving. <clears throat> and she grabbed the books <clears throat> and she stood in front of the booth and she started to call people in. She started to flirt with people. She did everything she could. <laughs> and I remember watching her and cause that's not something she would do. She was very introverted. So I knew how hard that was for her. And I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's a moment where I felt this, where someone did something for me that made me feel, so like seen, mm -hmm. validated, heard, and, and yeah, and it came, it came and healed in that moment. You could actually, I think, heal, for, I think a lot of people are um, healing from sexual abuse through um, giving themselves a healthy sexual experience that's in a safe space. And that can look like whips, chains, whatever you're into, anything you're into, uh, uh, pulling. I, I don't think it's the activity or the kink, that's not. It's whether it's safe and you don't feel that you're um, 
being taken advantage of or unsafe. It's the unsafetyness of it. It's not. It's never the behavior. Yeah. 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 And I think you can have the sexual relationship without the unhealthy enmeshment. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like jumping in too quickly always, it doesn't just mean like we draw these arbitrary lines at like numbers of dates or whatever we're allowed to have sex. But I think the thing that's that we mean when we say we're jumping in too quickly is not that we're having sex. It's that we're like we've we've been on two dates with this person and now this is our person and this is a relationship and they're going to, you know what I mean? Like that's the enmeshment. Right? I don't know what you call that. That's what I call that. Or you're, or you're, you might be jumping in too quickly by using sex as um, a hook to to um, get this person or to, uh, validation, approval, or you know. So you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, um, is is sex something that is a self-expression and and shared, or is it something that you are using to you know capture or to or, you know whatever? So that's you know it depends on. You can't um, force anyone to change. Uh, y- you you just make the decisions based on what you see and what you think is good for you. Um, hopefully, you're with someone who um, is aware of it and willing to have conversations about it. And then you guys, it could actually be a bonding experience. Yeah, right. So 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 that's where relationships can be healing. You yeah. have two people who have trauma, but they're on the same page and on the same path where they're like, oh, I'm going to actually look at this, whether it's through couples or whatever. And um, let's learn about each other together. That then becomes medicine. Pro, yeah, yeah, profound medicine, yeah. yeah. Right. If it's something, is a person, friend or not, intimate, is it, uh, how do you know if the person's safe or not? And uh, yeah. I don't think there's a blanket answer. I think it, yeah. but I mean, I, you could definitely give some tips. There's some guidelines here that I think can be helpful. Um, and I think it's actually really important to understand that there isn't a definitive way because I think sometimes we get stuck in this trap of like, I have to decide right now with this one interaction mm-hmm. that I had with this person, mm-hmm. whether they're safe or unsafe. Mm-hmm. And that's splitting the world into a binary. And um, it can actually create a lot more noise, even though I think we think it's going to create quicker decisions and therefore more peace in our lives. Um, so two things. I think one, the fact that we now know that our psychology is structured in kind of a file cabinet way, you can think of each relationship as a file. And every time you have an interaction with someone, that gives you more data for that file. And then periodically, you open that file and you're like, what's here? When I'm feeling in a calm place, I'm going to open this file and say, what does what my friendship with John look like? Is, mm-hmm. is this someone that I can trust and should continue to be friends with and work with? Okay, let's, let's see what's in the file. So we did this and we did this. And this one time we had this argument or there was a relational fail here. But then we had this healing moment and this repair. Um, and so now I'm going to put the file away and, and, and realize, yes, he's a safe person. I want to continue to work with and trust. And then... As we interact, more information goes into the file, and I'm constantly reassessing. I can also become an unsafe person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and so, but I need to look at each interaction in the context of the larger file. Because if we got in an argument on the way here or something, that might, if I'm tempted to make a decision based on every interaction, mm-hmm. is this person safe or unsafe? I might be like, fuck you. This is unsafe. Yes. And yeah, then lose a, a 12-year friendship. Yeah. And, and A lot of people do that when they're on their um, wellness, rebirth, the yes. whole like, like, oh, you know, I'm doing the work and all that. And then yeah. they're like, oh, unsafe, unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> they're, it's like, yeah. really, yeah, totally. the, the truth is, uh, and I like that you use, use the word binary, uh, we're, we're not 
we have different shades. So you can be with someone, a friend who is both safe and unsafe, yes. depending on their circumstance. And sometimes they're safe and sometimes they're not. And you have to look cumulative. You have to make that decision based. Shots of tequila, we can change that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>